Welcome, everybody, to Generationally Speaking. My name's Brad. I'm the lead pastor and resident boomer. <laughs> I screwed up every time. I knew there was another line in there. And this is Jordan Chitwood, our online pastor and resident millennial here. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome, Kevin, Janet, Michaela, and Susan. Oh, we're oh so glad we, could, we could definitely go now. Yeah, and, uh, here, hey, I just want to say, yeah. this is season four. Season three, episode 12. episode twelve, and I want you to know that you know Jordan. I don't know, Bruce. Can you get this? Okay, this is this is the outline that Jordan gives me every week, yep. and I want you to understand. He has me talking about the intro here, but then he says Jordan saves intro. Yep, <laughs> that's the number two. <laughs> but hey, because we... he knows I'm going to screw it up yep. every every time, single time. Michaela says, "Is anybody else's feed cutting in and out?" Oh boy, it probably everyone's, honestly. But we're just going to go with it. Um, but hey, everyone, it is the final serious night of season three. We have had so many incredible conversations. Uh, it's been a great season. It's been it, a great really, it really season. has. It's been, I, I would say, our best topics and and, and communication, best engagement, engagement. Best yeah, it's been really good. And we love that when you guys engage and, and really talk about this. Yeah, I think the coolest part is for the first two seasons, we were really trying to figure out what is our niche, what is our like, you know, our theme, why are we doing brand, this? Why are we even doing this? Right. And so we tried a lot of different things, a lot of different feelers, but we figured it out. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, we have more comments now than, you know, season one and two we'd have for the whole oh, night. Oh, hold on. And yeah. it's just people saying hello. Yeah. And so thank you for tuning in this season. We are going to spend the summertime taking a break. Um, we are going to do some fun stuff, though. Do Every some once fun. in a while. Yep. I think we're doing a fun stream we talked about in July. And then we'll probably do something in June, too. But we're also um, going to do, we think we're going to do on our next, are we going to talk about our next series? Well, anyway, we. No, we won't do that now because it won't be an official generationally speaking but it'll be a podcast time we're going to do a podcast about finance stuff yeah so anyway yeah Yeah. go ahead so it'll be really good a lot of exciting stuff what we're going to be doing over the summer is planning out all of the content um and so if you have any ideas i'll send an all church Uh, email out a little bit later if you have any ideas conversations things that you'd love for us to talk about either private message put in the chat let us know but um we're going to start gathering all of those ideas and kind of playing out you know the first the fall and winter and then the spring. So it's kind of what we do with our teaching calendar. We break it up into two planning sessions um, and all of that. Janet says her audio is also cutting out. Susan, though, says that she enjoys the great blend of series and fun. And so we are going to keep doing that where we will have a fun stream and a series stream. But, hey, tonight, season three, episode 12, we are talking about to wrap up this season – being a perfectionist, which you had no idea what that was. I, I always knew what a perfectionist was, but I was I was surprised that we were going to talk about it. Yeah. And and apparently it's more common. Yep. It, we'll get to that. Yep. But it, it's almost, to me, it was almost like the mental health thing. Yep. You know, like, why are we talking about yep. this? And mental health is actually a really big part of this byproduct of someone who's perfectionist. Exactly. And that's what we're noticing a lot with younger generations. So kind of the roadmap for tonight, we're going to talk about some percentages, some data about what a perfectionist is um, and what generations struggle with being a perfectionist and perfectionism. We're going to talk about some root causes of what plays a role and what has played a role in perfectionist Um and why different generations lean towards that lifestyle. And then what does God say? And you're going to have a little bit of banter between me and Brad. 
because it wouldn't be a podcast without some banter. Yeah, and because this is a, this is one of those those topics that I I don't understand, and I'm mm-hmm. going to rely on you. I'm throwing you under the bus right now. I I, I love being be, thrown be, under the because bus because it's one of those things that I don't necessarily get a sure. whole lot of. Sure, and that's and kind so of like I think the data show too. Exactly. Yeah. So Which why don't I, you why don't you share with us some of the data about? Well, here let me just define perfectionism. Oh yeah, you define so, that first. Perfectionism: somebody who is OCD or overwhelmed about doing everything the right way, the best way, on time, efficiently, perfectly, um, very detailed, like, hey, and then we'll dwell and stress about that which needs to be done. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so why don't you read us some of the data? Okay. Here's some of the data or data, data. or whatever it is. Data. Millennials are considered the perfectionist generation. Yeah, I saw that label. I would never mm-hmm. in a million years have thought that. Me either. But but then when you start to understand that it's a lot of because of um, mental health plays a big role in it and anxiety and stuff, it makes sense why millennials struggle so much with, with mental health. Because I, I'm still shocked. Well, so perfectionism, again, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on, millennials don't, don't strive for perfection to increase productivity or even to... Um, uh. they do it and they've leaned out of it because of um, how people view them, how their peers view them, their parents pushing that's them. That's kind of a light bulb yeah. for me there because, see, that's what I link perfectionist, yep. perfectionism with in my generation. Because that's what boomers, yeah, boomers associate perfectionism with productivity. Productivity, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And not and that, and see. I actually told I actually told Jordan and Bruce at at, at dinner and I said I'm going to drop a bomb, mm-hmm. and and I think this is where it comes in is that I didn't understand how how it could affect your generation so much because I'm thinking, can I just be blunt and say th- this is how my generation, not me of course, would say, <laughs> never Bradley <laughs> would say is that you guys don't do anything so how can you be perfectionist right, right and that's and that's where that stems from when you said mm-hmm. that it, it was a light bulb. Mm-hmm. And I say that with all the love of Jesus in my heart, <laughs> but but that's that's the you know, and right. that because that was my filter of right. it has to do with production. Mm-mm. You guys aren't concerned with that, right? Or care about that, mm-hmm. or do any of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, and that's not true with everyone. And I know that you know, I mean, right. But that's just I right. think that's what my generation would would say about this whole thing. Yep, for for for, for boomers, production is a hundred percent perfectionism. Is there is there a way of leaning all into production that? job yep. performance period? Period. For millennials, what the perfectionists came down to, and this is a little bit later on, but you know, we'll just jump to it now, is a lot of the peer pressure of being creative, okay? And so you'll see a lot of my generation becoming more artistic and more creative and doing things their way, but then even leading into their projects, they'll spend that's why they kept asking for extensions on due dates of things and right well no it needs to be done on june 12th but i didn't get it done the like the way i wanted to so i'm gonna have four more days to do it you know rather than no this is when it was supposed to be due that's what your dinner this one that's do. when you get it done by get it done I'm like yeah but i really didn't get to you know and it's something that my well maybe that's because you should be playing playing video games you're right <laughs> i'm about to punch you um i couldn't i couldn't resist uh <laughs> But then a bit another part of it too is the parents for millennials pushed college so hard. Oh yeah, and that's still what's happening with teens today. And not only college in everything. Right. right. I mean, more, more, more. Yeah. Yep. Sports. I, sp- I had so, a conversation yeah. with a dad this week, 
and and talking about you know even pre-k kindergarten first grade and you know man we got to be the best you know it's just anyway yep. that's another topic hey Michaela but, shared something really great oh yeah i think that perfectionism can lead to what looks like laziness but is actually just fear and procrastination and that's a big thing too because of and this is going to sound so weird to you bradley a lot of people who struggle with perfectionism will shut down. Uh, again, in your mindset, you think that they'd overwork, overproduce, right. overdo. Right. For younger people, it's just the fear of not doing it right or not being able to do it right that it causes so much fear and anxiety inside that they shut down and miss the deadline. And don't do anything. Right. Rather than trying to just get it done, they don't want to even deal with it. Wow. Yep. Totally and that's something, yeah, totally. that's something that Bruce, my sister Is that foreign to you, Bruce? And Bruce says it makes no sense. And but I mean, Bruce, your daughters have all struggled with that. Uh, at least two of the three for sure. And then Marissa does. I <laughs> just show which one did it. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Oh man. Hey. So did Susan Key says. Yeah, I was gonna say. Did yep. you see what Susan said? I was just gonna read it. Uh, do you want to read it? No, you go ahead. Okay. Susan says, "I feel like the perfectionist drive comes from the internal pressure, living up to others' expectations, not wanting to let them down." That I get. Yes. And and one of the notes because I did a little bit of study, you know, like five minutes before. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> but one of the things I said uh, was being critical of self. Yes. You know, and and I yep. see that in your generation. Yep. And I I see it in ours too. Yep. I mean, I think I see that across the board, but I think it's even more pr pronounced. And your explanation of of why that is, I think. That hits home yep. a little bit. And that part, I don't that, get it. Well, that leads to then the anxiety and the depression and the insecurities. That leads to the mental health aspect of things. But another... That blizzard's coming up I on know, you. That <laughs> good chocolate, that good Royal Ultimate Fudge Blizzard. All right, here's another uh, stat for us. 30% of all young people, which is millennial and Gen Z, suffer from perfectionism. A third. A new study in 2018 found that 32% of college students are struggling with perfectionism and perfectionist tendencies lead to an increase have led to an increase in anxiety, depression and suicide rates among young people, which is just scary. And the last stat is boomers struggle the least with perfectionism. Yep. And the last stat was boomers <laughs> struggle the least. So when I was looking at the data, which was fascinating when, it, when you had the groups of people who struggled with perfectionism and I was looking at the data, mm -hmm. Of the group, of the millennials who struggled with perfectionism, okay, seventy they, the millennials who did struggle struggled seventy percent of the time. Okay? Wow! Of the boomers, which is a, a much lower percentage of people who struggle with perfectionism, but of the boomers who did struggle with perfectionism, said they only struggle with it fifty percent of the time, hmm. which still seemed like a lot. A lot, but you know. But but you're talking to me about millennials. Seventy percent of their lives are dwelling on on. Being a perfectionist. Huh. Michaela huh. said, I've heard perfectionism is the belief that you can avoid criticism of any kind. You never want to do anything wrong or rock the boat so you do nothing or you kill yourself trying to do something that will never be enough. Whew. Wow. Yeah, that'll that'll hit. Wow. And, yeah. and did you see what Susan says? I never used to set goals for fear of failure. Ooh. You know, I've, I've seen that a lot of people and, and people who are perfectionists. Scared to set goals, scared to set what's, dreams. What's that? What's that saying that if you shoot for the stars and you miss, you hit land the, in the moon, land hit the moon, or something like that? I don't know. Something I don't know. About it, sounded, that. it sounded wise. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, and, and I guess yep. see, it's just a different mindset, yep. and it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that that whole process. Yeah. 
Well, it's fascinating because I, I've struggled. Well, I, I used to really struggle with what I call, and I still do take the word used to out of it. Part of what I've gone to counseling for is what they've called personality perfectionist. So for me, it's not a task oriented perfectionist. Uh It's, I am so cautious of my personality and my emotions and now upsetting those around me uh-huh. that I've dwelled so much on how I handle my, how I carry myself around people. Or if I have a conversation with somebody, I used to dwell all the time on, did I say the right words that I did, you know, for hours and hours the next day. And my counselor called a personality perfectionist, someone, especially someone wired like me, I, you know, I'd, um, for those who like the Enneagram, actually, I don't even know what my Enneagram number is, but Anyway, personality, yeah. that's a little bit more, I say, passionate. People say aggressive, hard, you know. Because on this scale, you're, you're, high, you're a pretty high, high D. D. Yep. Yeah. And, and, so, and, see that, and I would expect that perfectionist yeah. style out of you because, and again, it goes back to the production thing. Because I, yep. think, I think you're kind of a rare bird. That, I'm that a rare bird. You're, you're a rare bird. I'm a peacock. <laughs> something like that. You're something, all right. <laughs> but that you, something yours, right. yours is, is about production in, yeah. in, in certain parts. Yeah. Well, I just like you want to be the I best. Like imp- you want to be the best you can be. Yes, best version of myself. I want to. I love working hard. I love getting things done. I love taking things to the next level. Right. And so I'll always be challenging myself, challenging others. And what when that really boils down, and when I start getting anxiety from it, is when it's with my personality, or with my spiritual growth. Huh. It's interesting. I won't like see a task, and and part of why I'm able to like edit videos and photos so quickly or write poetry or write is because I don't dwell on the writing being perfect. I trust myself and I trust God in the process. There's people who would, you know, let's say today I wrote a poem in, you know, like 30 minutes for good Friday tomorrow. Okay. And Bruce was like, wow, that was, you know, fast. I'm like, yeah. And there's, that's just because for me, I'm like, Hey, I, I didn't make any revisions. I just wrote it. There's people though, who are, task-oriented perfectionist who they'll see that they would have spent all day on that one poem it's like you with your like letters to the church <laughs> it's like when he's been an entire day writing a letter to the world. church i can't spell i have no idea what grammar and you means type and, like this. and i type like this you know so <laughs> so but it's true yeah yep and yeah. so for me it's it's less and there are things like that that i do because you know i've got a letter you know if that's a great example um mm. for me is what about I landscape i don't think or like design stuff does it have to look perfect or it will bother you? Yes. Yeah. Will you dwell on it or will you just – are you able to make quick changes? I'm able to make quick changes. Yeah, that's what I see in you. There's some people who aren't able to make quick changes. Yeah. Um, and you'll see this a lot. Bruce raised his hand. You'll see this a lot with – yeah, with audio engineering. He, okay? He, you're saying you can't make quick changes? No. He, I mean Trevor makes fun of him all the time for being a slow worker, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's a grand point. But with audio, sense. with audio engineering, it's the thing is you'll you'll listen to something over and over again, and like to us, you won't even be able to tell oh, the well, difference. I, I can't tell you how many times I told Bruce, no one's gonna under, no one no one's gonna no hear one's that. No one's gonna know. Yeah, and it's kind of like with graphics. Yep. You know. Yep. Some of you, you know, you're you're kind of that way with graphics yep. and things. Is that everything's got to be perfect and yeah. this color and and mm-hmm. or video and what have you. And, Asking for the right color, the right feel, the right theme, the creative side of stuff I really care about. Yeah. But. Again, I'm not going to – I don't have the time, but there's people who don't have the time who would still waste time 
getting it 100% perfect. I've gotten to a place now where I'm like, hey, it's good enough, and I've just got to be okay with that. Now, personality-wise, I'm not even close to there yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hey, let's move oh, on. Yeah. So here's <laughs> here next part of the conversation. We want to share some reasons for why millennials struggle, and millennials and Gen Z struggle with being a perfectionist. And then we've already talked about this a little bit, but then also why boomers struggle with perfectionism. I was talking to Trevor, a youth pastor, and this has been a conversation that we've had really the last couple of months. It, it boiled down to a conversation we have with our teens where Trevor asked them if they were happy um, and if they felt like their teammates could be their friends. Right. And all of them said no, you know, and like, I, well, I'm only happy when I'm, you know, successful. And then Trevor asked them about, you know, viewing success and, you know, how's your relationship with your parents and how do your parents view success? And they're like, well, my parent wants me to go to college and they want me to, you know, have a 3.5, 4.0 GPA, they only play a sport every play season, a sport every season. Mm-hmm. and like, these are these expectations. And if they don't, then they get in trouble or they get viewed a certain way or they're grounded or like we're creating a culture where it's not okay for our child to fail is what it comes down to. Well, and that shows even, you know, you talk about that. It's why when the kid comes home from school and, and, and a teacher has reprimanded or something, it's the teacher's fault yep. instead of the kid's fault. Yep. And so then the parent will blame the teacher exactly. rather than, you know, talking with, with the child and saying, Hey, why did you drop the F bomb? <laughs> right. Like, well, I, you know, we were listening to the music and I was just rapping the lyric and it's not my fault the teacher doesn't know the lyric. I'm like, hey, don't you know that the kids just dropped the F-bomb nowadays? You know, I'm like, yeah. uh, so, so the, you know, reasons that um, millennial and Gen Z struggle with perfectionism, the two things that one we talked about is because of parents putting pressure on their kids. And then second is because the peers are putting pressure on one another. This leads to anxiety, leads to depression, fitting in. I all that. honestly see that the peer pressure happening into even my grandson who's a kindergartner. Oh yeah, isn't that crazy? It's just nuts. The younger they get, it just, it's just growing. I mean, your kids got it. Think about it. I, I bet your grandson's got peers who have cell phones already. Yeah, yeah. And so you're thinking about like that, and like Parker's what kindergarten? Yeah. Okay, kindergartners. If you don't have a cell phone as kindergarten, you're the only one of your peers who doesn't. <laughs> just think about that. Wild. And you start ingraining in them that, yeah. like, hey, in order to fit in, I've got to be the best. That's what, you know, having the cell phone, not having a cell phone in your group, not being on the starting lineup as a first grader, you start to, your brain starts to analyze, like, that group is being praised for something I'm not. Right. And that, that tendency of perfectionism, wow. being the best, doing the best, yeah. working the hardest, yes. We can't even allow them to have fun anymore. Nope. There's... There's no fun involved in perfectionism because it's all about doing the best you can. Yeah. And our society has grown so much into fun leads to failure that we've, you know, walked away from it. And it's sad. Yeah. It's really sad. And it goes back to, I, I don't know who it was, was it Michaela? No, it was, it was Susan who said, you know, then why even try? Why dream? Why set goals? Why yeah. try? Huh. There's Susan's, a lot of light bulbs coming on for me here. I'm glad. I'm glad. You don't have many light bulbs I, to you you know, know, I go off. I don't have a lot of light bulb moments. <laughs> Susan says social media makes it worse. People portray life as all sunshine and rainbows, not realistic. A stinking men. You know what this reminds me of? They call it Instagram personality. I don't know if you've heard this before, where people will post their best photos on Instagram. Yeah. It, I mean, it's something I've thought about with posting all the pictures of Uriah. You're like. 
you're not going to see me posting his mental breakdowns right. because I don't want the rest of the world to like see that. <laughs> but but 90 – now, Uriah is a really great kid. I mean, we <laughs> – this is – Uriah is not a normal baby. We got blessed with someone who's like doesn't cry very often. I'm sorry. I know that makes some of you upset and jealous. <laughs> um, it is what it is. It's not hard for me to post photos on Instagram, but you'll see people on their timeline – you know, they'll put this perfect picturesque and this beautiful photo or something. It looks so, you know, Instagram worthy. But then they take off the covers and they're... That's why I'm so honest about my mental health on social media. Right. As a, Especially as a pastor. I'm like, hey, like, I struggle with grief. I struggle with anxiety, yeah. depression. And even your honesty throughout this podcast. Because a lot of times the boomers are trashed for... Man, you're so racist. You know? <laughs> yeah. Or you're so misogynistic, or you're so homophobic. Like there are people who are like sure. that, but what we've got to recognize is it's been such a, a cultural shift in the last it, it, ten years. It, really? Yeah. It, I mean, we turned the ship like immediately. Quick. It just wasn't. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, the the language you're using isn't okay anymore. And like, but the, but the expectations are like, you got to be perfect. Right. Okay. And so why I share that is because a lot of times when we're talking about these new things, okay, you've got to be very careful with some of the language you use. It's honestly one of the things that, I mean, we talked a little bit about this at dinner tonight is even, even series that we want to do, yep. you know, that, man, we've got to be so careful, so careful because no matter what you say, it's wrong in somebody's eyes. Yep. And, and it, it doesn't hold... I want to be careful here. See, <laughs> you know it, exactly. Yeah. It, you know, it doesn't hold us back to standing up for truth and, and God's purposes and things, yes. or what He says. But yet, we're still trying to have influence with people, right. and we've talked about this for for the last. And I think yep. it's gotten even worse lately. Oh, absolutely. And and a, a lot of that is because just the tension just continues to build, and the bubble builds and builds and builds. But your generation receives a lot of the low end of the sticks because. I mean, we're in a, some of it very well deserved. Some of it is well deserved, <laughs> yes. But you don't have. To, I, I'm trying to like let people know too is that like throughout this podcast, this whole season, we've talked about some topics that like have been really difficult for you and your generation, sure. and it, it's just so cool that we're able to have those conversations, right. um, especially like because there are some things you just downright don't understand and get completely. Your generation will get just trashed for it, and we're just like, hey. Jesus would literally invite people to the table who didn't understand one another. We've lost, we've lost track of grace and all that. Right. You know, and, and as, uh, yeah, you get the names called of, of you're a racist, you're this, you're this. And, and the heart really isn't of that at all. Right. Now, some of the language might, mm-hmm. might be considered that into some generations, but it's not necessarily. And that's part of why too, there is, there is, it's important for accountability and it's important to unlearn some of those that ignorance and some of the things that like is now no longer acceptable. And then it's also important to say, hey, this is just like, you know, where I am. Like, and this is like, I'm not where you are on the journey. And heck, I might never want to be where you're at in the right. journey. But can't we just like sit at the table? And, and you can sit at the table. And, and again, it's like I have always said, this is one of my, the biggest lines I think I've used in the last few years is the truth is always somewhere in the middle. Yep. Because, you know. Yeah, you, you you can't talk that way because you're labeled whatever it is, and you're a snowflake over here because you you can't handle anything. Right. The truth is somewhere in the middle there. Right. You know. And and when people want to go far to the extreme on you know any conversation, it, it doesn't matter what it, any topic, any yeah, it's honestly just a turnoff. 
nowadays it's just like one of the and that's part of why I think we can't have the conversation anymore is because it's like to get your voice heard now because there's so much chatter you have to go to the extreme yeah and you're just like can't we just have a meal and one of us be a liberal and one of us be a mm-hmm. conservative and one of us be an independent and one of us be a you know a boomer and you know one of us be black one of us be gay one of us be that and like can we just have a conversation and like rather than ripping each other a new one and i think if we could we are really off topic i think if we could ever get, get there <laughs> If we could ever get there, I think people would be shocked to know how many, how, how many similar we were similar that they are in a lot of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what's so fascinating about all of this is we all are passionate about different things, mm-hmm. but the things that we're really passionate about that are kind of our make it or break it. We think the rest of the world cares or needs. We think the rest of the world needs to care. About our view. Yeah. And so we're like, well, if I don't share this with them, if I don't share with them that people who like pineapple on pizza are going to hell, (laughs) who's going to tell them? Yeah. Who's going to tell them? Yeah. And very few people genuinely care about your opinion is what I've learned. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to say what I'm going to (laughs) say. Kevin Mann, great point. Opinions are like, everybody's got one. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, anyway. Can you yeah, say it for every, me? Every, no. <laughs> Everybody else knows what I'm saying. Um, so anyway, boomers. Yeah. Uh, boomers. <laughs> last thing. So boomers on perfectionism, kind of to bring it back. And this is something we've already talked about. Your generation views perfectionism as being productive. Excuse me. And successful. <laughs> that big old blizzard. Yep. Big old blizzard. Productive so, yeah. and successful. So what does God say about all this? So what does God say? Let, let me read you a, a piece of scripture here from 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 through 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, my, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I think that's exactly what you were talking about is why a lot of times we will share our vulnerabilities, our, our yep. stuff that we stumble in, that we have we have trouble with. We do it from the stage all the time. Yeah. Let people know, you know, we are just, we're as, as faulty and messed up as everybody else is. Mm-hmm. And when you see different, even just different churches, mega church, you know, where they've got the highest production and their pastors are so like on and the material so good and... And it looks so perfect. It, it, it Hollywood produced. Right. Okay? And it's not every mega church. No. Okay. Some of the pastors that we follow are do get vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But people are there's two groups of people. Some that are attracted to the vulnerability because it's real, but then there's also a, a large group of people who are just you know attracted to the production and the Hollywood Instagram worthy photo. Right. And what we found is it's so much more authentic. To get this, be authentic. Right. And that's what I think Paul's boiling down to. is like, hey, you can strive for perfection and it'll kill you. But strive for Jesus and understand that his grace is sufficient. Yeah. Do you think there's a difference between perfection and excellence? Oh, yeah. Because I think you can strive for excellence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, be the best you can be. Yep. Do the best you can be. Yep. Do um, produce the best that there is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we strive in our little environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think of C three sports. I think of of youth groups. I mm-hmm. think of of Sunday mornings 
whatever. Now my blizzard is doing that. Um, and and when we do strike, we want to we want to do the best we can. We don't want to put a shoddy product out there, but yet yep. we don't get hung up. I think on the perfection. Yep. You ready for this? This might be another light bulb. Okay. okay? Perfectionism says it's all comes down on my shoulders. It's all about me. Uh huh. Okay. As a Christ follower, excellence says that I'm gonna be the best version of myself. But God's grace is good enough, is sufficient enough. Okay, so yeah, it's not all good. about me. That's good. Perfectionists say it all comes down to what I can produce. The yeah. way Christ calls us to live in excellence is say it all comes down to what Jesus has already done. Right. So and 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 we're just going to lift Him up. And yep. we're just gonna, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Susan says and control I, goes along with perfectionism. Yeah. Again, that idea of I've got to control, and and that's part of where people who are perfectionists struggle so much with like letting go of of tasks. Yeah. Or, or empowering others because they want it done the way they see the vision. Do you see what Michaela said here? I Michaela. think perfectionism is when excellence becomes an idol. <laughs> That'll preach. That'll preach. Yeah. Yeah, we probably ought to write that down somewhere. Michaela, you should teach that someday. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Um, that's really good. And what it all boils down to is, you know, perfectionism, grace, tying it all in a bow, putting it all back together. Okay, all the things we talked about um, with grace— really comes down to that is give yourself grace. Okay. Give your children grace, give your bosses grace, give your pastors grace, <laughs> give your politicians grace, 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 grace. If you're, if you're dwelling so much on being perfect, it comes down to like what Michaela said, it becomes an it idol. Becomes an idol. If you dwell on it. And that, I think that's the word. What a boy's not. Are you dwelling on perfection? Then it becomes an idol. I tell my brother all the time. I was like, Hey, today be the best version of yourself. Yeah. Okay, strive for excellence. Strive for being the healthiest physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally person you can be. But the moment you start dwelling on that, it becomes an idol. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's great stuff. Man, 834 and we're going to log off. Man. There we go. What a great day to be alive. Hey, everyone. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, tuning in. We are off next week and then April 28th. Join us for game night. Anything goes. Anything goes. Uh, thank you for being a part of this tonight. I'm excited about anything I'm goes. I'm excited about anything hey, goes. We have two opportunities that we would love for you to engage with, uh, hopefully coming up this weekend. And uh, Good Friday service starts tomorrow. Yep. 4.15 yeah. is the date. And 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock. 4 o'clock. the time. And 6 o'clock. And um, I... I it's going to be a really cool service, and we would love if there's any way for you to get here live because we in are not, person only. Yeah, it, it's not going to be online, so we yep. would love for you to come to that. And then on, on uh, four seventeen, <laughs> Sunday, Easter Sunday. Well, because I put the podcast out later, I have to do the actual dates. I can't uh, okay. just say tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. There you go. That's but true. Easter clock Sunday, nine o'clock, ten thirty a.m. Easter Sunday. It's going to be there, that's going to be a cool service, and yep. we're excited about that. It's going to be some fun stuff that we're going to do. And, um, yeah, so we're going to celebrate. Yep. Hey, have a great rest of your evening. Tell someone you love them, and we'll see you next time. See ya.